Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Welcome to Victory. My name is Paul. This is my wife, Ashley. And today, for the first time ever, we are tag team preaching on a Sunday. We've, we've preached before on a Wednesday night, but we've never done it on a Sunday, and so you're in for a treat. It's about to get real up in here. It's about to get wild. It's gonna be, I believe God's got a word for you. And we're gonna speak to you today on what we were singing about in this song, that fear does not control us. So we're gonna, we're gonna confront fear and anxiety and, and really give you some meat from the Word of God on how to deal with fear and anxiety. What is God's medicine to handle the stress and the, and the anxiety of life? So before we get into the Word, we do something every week. And if you're new to Victory, we invite you to join us. We're a family, we're not a crowd. And you may not know the people on your row, but they're just like you. They have germs too. And you both get to wash your hands right after church. But if you would grab their hand, lift it high in the air, like you truly do care. You never know what they've been walking through all week. And so this is just a declaration to say things are gonna get better. God is with you. You're not an accident. He's working all things together for good. So on the count of three, we're gonna say this confession on the screen. Here we go. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. All right, give someone a high five. So fear has made a lot of money off of our world. If fear was a business, it would be the wealthiest business in the world. Billions of dollars are spent every year from decisions based on fear. And here's our prayer for the series, Ashley and I as a church, that we would help you. Are you ready for it? Drum roll, please that we would help you put fear out of business. Come on, somebody. Let's say that together. Put fear out of business. See, the enemy thrives on fear. He makes money off of fear in your life. The, the devil, one of his greatest tricks is to get you believing the fear lies that he whispers in your heart, the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of missing out, right? FOMO, fear of missing out on what's going on, the fear of, of um, failing at something and not stepping out and taking a risk, the fear of marriage, the fear of parenting, the fear of uh, success at your workplace or in your school. And I remember for me, one of my biggest fears um, and I looked on the internet, and it's actually the number one fear. The internet doesn't lie. It's the number one fear out there. And it was, it's the fear, it's not the fear of death, it's actually the fear of public speaking. And, and guys, this is a tough job right here. Like, I'm always looking for some smiling faces out there. And um, I remember the first time I got up to speak, just this overwhelming nervousness, panic, anxiety attack, fear. Has anyone ever felt that before getting up to share or doing anything that just kind of, you felt that, hey, listen, you're in good company. Because the Bible says there's not a person that God used that didn't face some fears. Moses faced it. 
Abraham faced it. Joshua, Esther, Gideon, go down the list. Isaiah, Jeremiah, David, Solomon, Peter himself, right? Even walking on the water, there's going to be fears. And the question is not, will you be afraid? Because that's going to come. The question is, what will you do with your fears? Jesus asked in Matthew 8, verse 26, if you have a Bible, turn there, shout, hey. Yes, we're a Bible-believing church. In Matthew 8, 26, Jesus asks this question to his disciples. And actually, they were on a boat. They were, they were in the middle of a storm. It wasn't just a normal storm. It was a seismic, like hurricane type of storm. And Jesus was sleeping while they were screaming. Right, he was snoring while they were screaming for their lives. He's just sleeping with his head on a pillow and the disciples, they come and wake him up. They say, don't you care, we're gonna die? What if this storm kills us? And Jesus says, why are you afraid? Turn to the person next to you and say, why are you afraid? I wonder today what is trying to scare you. And fear, it paralyzes us. It keeps us in a holding pattern. It stops us from stepping out and taking those risks. It creates that uncertainty, the, the unknown, and, and we're afraid to step forward. Ashley, talk a little bit today about how believers really struggle with this feeling of fear. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited about this series and putting fear out of business because I am tired when we have Jesus on the inside of us. I am tired of the devil using fear to put us out of business and to stop God's business moving through our lives. And yeah. so I'm excited to bring some truth, to expose the devil today and throughout this series so we can put fear out of business. And you know, you talked about we in life, we are surrounded by what if questions. And we're not only surrounded by what if questions, but we're also surrounded by like what is happening. <laughs> like the headlines, a lot of things that you're facing that can bring forward a lot of fears. And you know, honestly, it's unavoidable. I mean, the fears that are around us, life is just gonna bring some fears. There's gonna be things that, you, that we turn to the right, turn to the left, things that we embark on, new jobs, new relationships, new situations, new ages, new seasons of life, that with that can bring a whole lot of fear with it. But you know what, I wanna remind you that just because fear is trying to force its way in your life, you can force its way back out of your life. That just because you are, we are surrounded by fears, you get to choose, we get to choose how much space fear takes up in our life. We get to choose how much time it steals. We get to choose how much energy it sucks out of us. We get to choose how much fear dictates the decisions that we make in our life. And I felt so strong to remind you today that no matter what situation, no matter what fear feels like it's caving in on you, I wanna remind you today, you have a choice. Come on. And when I was thinking about uh, this, this whole sermon, an analogy came to my mind, and we know how our pastor loves illustrations, sometimes like illustration on steroids up here. So because you love him, I'll let you hold it, babe, because you do so good. But watch out, little ninja. Watch for your lives. Let's not stir up fear in this place. Okay, so 
I pictured this analogy of these little bobbers, the body of water, and these bobbers like all over the body of water. Now do not be fooled. My fishing analogy has nothing to do with my love for fish, either fishing, my knowledge about fish, eating fish, none of it's true. It's just the analogy that came to my mind. So the bobbers are all over the water, just full of it. And you know, underneath, attached to each bobber is different types of bait. I know enough to know that different types of bait attract different types of fish. And you know, and I was thinking about how our life is like the body of water and how these bobbers are all over the place and these bobbers represent fear itself. That we're surrounded by lots of different fears and attached to these bobbers are specific fears specific bait that the devil wants us to grab and latch onto. And those specific, that specific fear, those specific baits that the devil wants to do, some of us, it's really easy to swim on by that one, and some of us just look a lot more tempting to grab onto. The specific fears like the fear of man. Specific fears like fear of lack. Fear of failure. Fear of death. Fear of being hurt, fear of rejection, fear of change, fear of the unknown. And so it's like we're the fish swimming around the body of water full full of bobbers and baits, but we get to choose what we're gonna bite onto, what we're gonna latch onto, and that is our choice. You know, and sometimes in my life, fear has gotten the best of me, and I've gotten the best of fear. And this story I'm gonna share, it was like a real close call, what was gonna happen. But I graduated here at VCS in my senior year. I'd already decided what college I was gonna go to. I'd already been accepted. My plans were already there, and I was planning to be a nurse. Like, that's what I was planning on being. When Paul's sick, he reminds me, he's like, didn't you wanna be a nurse one day? I was like, well, things have changed, and I have a two, three-year-old, so take care of yourself. I'm just kidding. I'll take care of you, babe. You're a little needier around when you're sick. Okay, we're done with, you're distracting me now. Sideshow distractions right here. Back to my story. Okay, so I had already had my plan made and what I was gonna do, and I was excited about it. Well, I was also going to youth group here, and God started stirring up. I just started to feel really restless in worship and service. And I knew that it wasn't because I was afraid of college, because I was actually really excited. My motives were impure, but it was all about intramurals and a new, like, new boy options, like, to be honest. Um, so anyways, the piggins were slim at VZS. I mean, been there for a long time. You're just like, all right. But I found you. She you, found the man right here. You were my best days. They were right in front of me. Thank you. Yeah, we all had those moments, you know. So anyways, going back to the story. So I felt a real restlessness, and to the point where when I was in worship or altar calls, I would literally run from any moments where it was like still and quiet. You know those moments where like God wants to speak. I'd be like, peace out, I gotta go to the bathroom, because I did not want to, I felt like God was like trying to mess with my plans, and I like my plan, and I didn't want to mess with my plans. And so finally, you know, you can only go to the bathroom so much. And the po- finally I face the possibility that God might be wanting to change my plan. And I didn't know what he was gonna speak. I was like, my God, speak. 
And he started to change my heart to go to our Bible college and our internship here at Victory. And I love our Bible college, I love our internship, but I didn't wanna go. And also, I didn't wanna tell my family, I didn't wanna tell my friends, because honestly, the college, the nursing, to me, it sounded a lot more blingy. It was a lot more fun to say that's what I was gonna be doing. And when I finally, like it came to a point where I was like, okay, am I gonna follow God? Or am I going to latch on to this bait of fear of man? And it was a really defining moment for me because also, you know, going to Bible college and the internship, it limited my number of hours to work and so I was gonna have to raise support. And honestly, that sounded exhausting, I didn't wanna do that. But I was just like, it came to a point, I just gotta decide. And so honestly, with fears still around me, the bobbers and the baits still around me, I decided, you know what? I would rather obey God than be stuck in my fear of man. And I had to decide, I was like, you know what? I don't wanna be like Jonah in the Bible who got ate by a whale in the Arkansas River. I was like, I have got to obey God. And so right at that moment, the fear of God trumped the fear of man in my life. And honestly, the fear did not go away. But when you, at that moment, but when you decide, you know what, I'm gonna obey God, it's amazing how your fears begin to silence and they start to lose grip on your life. And you know what, that was a really defining moment for me as I faced that fear. And I believe on the other side of the fears represented in this room are defining moments for you. I believe there's things that God wants you to discover on the other side of your fears. And you know what, I wanna expose the devil today. He has a relentless agenda in John 10, 10 to steal, kill, and destroy. He has a relentless agenda to steal, kill, and destroy any relationships that God wants to bring into your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy any opportunities. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your peace, your freedom, your joy. He does not want you to discover the Jesus way of living, which is free of fear, free of being ruled by fear. In other words, you can be surrounded by fear, but with Jesus, the Jesus way is you don't have to bite on to that fear. And you know, the devil, he is not creative. He's saying the same lies to all of us. But he is smart, and he knows what your weak spots are, and he knows where your vulnerabilities, he knows exactly the bait to, to try to dangle it in front of you because he, does not, he wants you to latch onto it so you don't discover what is buried under the opinions of man. He doesn't want you to discover what's buried under the fear of failure. He doesn't want you to discover the relationships that God wants to bring into your life under the fear of rejection and the fear of hurt. He doesn't want you to discover the people you are called to reach. He doesn't want you to discover the power of God that God has over fear. And guess what, church? You and I will not discover what's buried either if we don't face our fears. If we don't take the courage that's found in the word of God and the faith to face our fears. You know, in every season and different ages, different new fears appear. I remember when I first became a mom, it was like a new set of bait that I never even knew existed. And I still have to choose to confront those fears with the word of God. So no matter what, fear is fear. But you, every single one of us have to examine our life 
and think, God, what fear is entangling me right now? You have to name that fear. I know that you guys are, we're all people of faith. I'm not saying you have to claim that fear. I'm just saying you gotta name it and you got, got to call fear as it is. You say, that is fear and it is trying to entangle me and I am not gonna level, let the devil still kill and destroy what God is wanting to bring forth out of my life. So good, babe. Can I knock, knock? Can I come in? Who's there? Paul. I'm still you gotta with remind you. me we're tag teaming. I'm up here. Get going. Man, is that fire or what? That's powerful. I know you got more. I just gotta say this. Do it. Um, because it's so true. You know, I think about how you said you said something there. You said that fear, fear, underneath that, buried underneath that ground, are opportunities, blessings, things that God's called you to do. But what happens is we stop digging because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of rejection. So we're walking on the ground of fear and right beneath that layer, if you just dig a little deeper, if you press through that wall, it's almost like a glass wall, a glass ceiling. And guys, you've got the power to break the glass ceiling, break the glass wall, dig beneath. There is something on the other side of that fear and the devil doesn't want you to get it. The devil doesn't wanna see you be blessed. So he keeps you in that pattern. And I've seen this with people who refuse to give their finances to God because there's this fear like, man, if I trust God with my money, I'm gonna lose but it's a glass ceiling. I mean, I'm telling you, when we start breaking those fears of lack, those fears of worry, those fears of going to school, those fears of failure, uh, stepping out in the business or the dream God's put in your heart, it's a glass, I'm telling you, there's limitless opportunity and blessings that God has for you on the other side of your fears. So I just had to say that. I think it's so good. Buried underneath there, I believe, is answered prayers. Yeah but it's requiring us to face our fears. I believe some of you are in this room and you're thinking, man, what am I called to do? What's this next step? You have decisions at hand that you need to ask questions about and God cares more about the fear that you have to face to make that decision than it is about even making that decision. There are things that God wants to bring forth in your life, but it's gonna require us to face our fears with faith and courage. You know, the devil wants to make us feel trapped. He wants to make us feel hopeless in our fears. And we're looking around and all we see is fear and he wants us to feel suffocated. He wants us to feel like there's no other option except to be afraid. And like I said, today we're reminding you that you have a choice. Fear can be all consuming, but you don't have to let it. And you know, I wanna remind you this morning that we talked about the world is full of what if statements. But did you know that fear does not own the words what if? Yeah. Do you know who else owns the word what if? The word faith. Come on, faith. So fear for sure, it speaks what if possibilities. Yeah. But so does faith. Come faith on. speaks what if possibilities as well. Yeah. But you get to choose. I get to choose what's gonna speak louder in my life. If fear has been speaking louder in your life, you need to turn the dial down and turn up. You need to stop feeding your fears and start feeding your faith. Yes. Because whether we like it or not, fear and faith both have the power to drive our future. What is driving your decisions? Mm. Are you turning your fears into faith-filled prayers? Because I'm telling you that those faith-filled prayers is the fuel to drive the future and the call of God on your life. So good. You know, I think about how fear, fear is like false fuel. 
You think you're getting somewhere, you're just going in circles or you're going nowhere. Wow. And it's leading you all to a straight dead end. It's almost like a hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, I owned a hamster for a season. Thank God that's gone. <laughs> and the hamster would get on the wheel and he'd just be running, 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 running. And he thought he was going somewhere. He was going nowhere. And that's what fear does. It puts you on the hamster wheel. You're spinning and you're going faster, and faster, and faster, but you're going nowhere. You're yeah. stuck in that fear. Yeah. You know, Ashley, I want us to go into this next scripture. This is the scripture that I feel like is so important for this series, for you to meditate on, memorize, and it's 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. This is a scripture you and I have prayed over each other, over our children. Our kids are now at an age, our oldest. He comes into our bedroom in the middle of the night. He's afraid. He likes us to keep the lights on in the room. Uh, he does not like the darkness, and I remember that as a kid, those feelings of fear of the dark, what lurks in the dark. But we've been confessing this scripture, and I'm telling you, there's power in the word of God. You know, if you go on Google and you type in, how do I find peace? They, the answer, the number one answer on Google is, close your eyes, find a quiet place, and uh, imagine a winding river. That is their answer on how to find peace. But God's got a way better answer on how to find peace. Come on. And listen, I, I believe that God gives doctors creativity on medicine and, and, and medicine is good, but we can't bank all of our hopes in medicine to solve the stress and anxiety in our lives. The number one medicated prescription in, in America is still Xanax. This is a Xanax nation and the next one is Ambien. And the top three prescripted drugs in America all have to do with anxiety, fear, worry, and stress. And we see now that so many diseases and sicknesses and the leading uh, biggest disease that causes death springs from stress, worry. And so we have to take control over this. And God says through Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit on, of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given unto us a spirit of power. Come on. We got to bring back the oldies. God has not given you or I or our children or our parents or this church a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We're gonna give you three tools to put fear out of business, and the first one is power. Three tools to put fear out of business, and the first one is power. You already know the next two, it's love and a sound mind, but let's talk about power. Where does power come from? Why is power so important? You know, right when a hurricane hits in, in, in Florida or Texas or Puerto Rico, the first thing to go is the power. The power goes out. And there's this attack on power because when you knock out the power, you knock out the communication lines. You knock out the ability to see, you knock out, the, so everything's dark and you're clouded and fear clouds out your vision of faith. Clear corrodes your confidence in God's goodness. You know, it's, it's been said that a fog that would stretch 16 miles wide or a 16 mile radius fog. In other words, if a fog came over the city of Tulsa and you lived at 121st in Sheridan, you, you could not see that fog would stretch from 121st all the way down to Admiral. It would cover downtown. It would cover the cityplex towers. You couldn't see anything. 16 miles of dense, thick fog. But guess what? It fits into a eight ounce glass of water. 
It's literally eight ounces of water that has been evaporated and spread out to create this thick, foggy, cloudy inability to see anything in front of you. And this is what fear does. It tries to zap your power to see. It tries to zap your power to move forward. But we know our power doesn't come from going in the weight room, getting strong like my brother John Doherty, going to CrossFit. Those are good ways to take care of your body. But guess what? Our power comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from being in God's word. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. It's power to walk in boldness as a believer. It's power to walk in confidence, right? That same power in Romans 8-11 is the power that raised. Christ from the dead. It's resurrection life. So when you're sitting in the hospital bed and the doctor brings another report, it's power to keep praying. It's power to stay focused. It's power in Ephesians 3.18 to understand how wide, how deep, how high, how strong the love of God is. It's power in Ephesians 3.20 to recognize that we serve a God who can do infinitely more than we ask, hope, dream, or imagine. It's power in Romans 1:16 to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is God's power. It's power from Philippians 4:13 to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever it is that's trying to paralyze you or cripple you, you have the power to keep going. I remember when I was getting ready to ask Ashley to be my wife and I just had these panic attacks and I was worried, I was, I was afraid. I knew God had spoken to me that she was gonna be my wife. But you know, I was afraid of commitment. I was afraid of, of this whole idea of marriage. And I don't even know why I'd seen a great marriage modeled by my parents, but it was like the enemy was trying to cripple me with panic and worry. And I remember going to my dad, I said, dad, will you pray for me? And he put his hands on, on the temple of my head. Thank and God he, for the temple prayers from <laughs> Pastor <laughs> And he said, peace, be still. He said, Lord, I pray that you give peace to Paul that passes all understanding. And he took his hands on my head and I felt this peace. And he said, Paul, what is God speaking to you? Has God spoken to you on, on Ashley? I said, yeah. It was in 2008, I was flying back from Dominican Republic and I looked out the window of my plane. We were flying through a storm and I literally felt God impress on my heart, Ashley is to be your wife. And I knew that God had called me to marry this girl, but fear had just been paralyzing me, keeping me in a holding pattern. And, 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 and I remember when I was younger, I, I had these fears of will I ever get married? And here I was and it was time to get married and now I had these fears of getting married. And, and I remember my dad said, what are you waiting for? Exactly. If, <laughs> he said, I'm not gonna wait around forever. All right, let me finish my story. Maybe though, maybe. He said, Paul, do you have a job? I said, yes. He said, have you heard from God? I said, yes. He said, it's time to move forward. Some of us in this room, we are letting panic rob us of the decisions God has already given the green light on. He said, I've given you the green light. Stop wa waiting like you're gonna get this written thing in the sky. If God's impressed, it, if there's peace, that means to move forward. If there's not peace, that means to stay where you're at. But I'm telling you, fear will oftentimes try to cloud the green light in your life. You have the power to see clearly, to think clearly. Ashley, talk about the next point that we have to put fear out of business. Yeah, the second thing God gives us to put fear out of business is love. Yeah. And you might be asking me, 
What's love got to do with it? God, I think that's what they're asking. You're probably not singing it, but you might be asking me. Well, that's a good question. So when I think about the power of God's love, the scripture that has personally ministered to me the most about this is 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Now you talk about this kind of perfect love from your honey. This is powerful, but ain't no, it's not powerful enough to cast it out on my fears, but it's anointed and I love this love, okay. but it is not, there is nothing. I mean, for there to be a love Preach that it. powerful yeah. to cast out all fears, we're talking about something that this world can't offer. Come on, somebody. We're talking about yes. something and people, nothing can satisfy, nothing can cast out the deepest, darkest fears and the fears that you're facing. Yeah. As much as I love Paul, as much as he loves me, he's not gonna be able to, that love is not perfect. Right. Because the only perfect love there is, is the, is the love of our Heavenly Father. Come on. That is the love that is strong enough to keep us rooted, that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're going to go through, that love is strong enough to keep us rooted and grounded and stable in the love of God. And I don't know what background every person is in this room, but I wanna encourage you, no matter if you're here today and you have never given your life to Christ or maybe it's been a while since you've came back to church, if God is not gonna disqualify you from his love, then neither should you. So this scripture applies to every single person here that God's love is powerful, not because of what you did or didn't do, but because of who he is. It's powerful enough. You know, our fears, the real threats of life, they're powerful. Yeah. I'm not gonna underestimate the fears that you're facing or the ones that you face. If we don't believe that fear is powerful, just like Paul said, think about the a number of medicines that have gone to help with panic attacks and obsessive worrying. Like, our fear is powerful. But this scripture reminds us that his love is more powerful than our fear, than any fear that we face. When you exchange your fear for God's love, it's not an equal exchange. God's love is so much more powerful than any fear and any effects of fear that you might have suffered from, that you might are walking through. God's love is more powerful. You know, God's love gives us the courage to not run from fears, but to face our fears. When we're rooted in God's love, it's God's love that gives us boldness to say yes to the new God assignments he has for us. It's his love that moves us beyond the fear of man. It's his love that moves us beyond our comfort zone. It's his love that moves us beyond the fear of failure. That's the power of God's love. It's mobilizing. Fear is gonna cripple you. His love empowers us and mobilizes and activates things on the inside of us. 
The love he gives us is strong enough to where it gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. That even though there's things, there's things around us that are screaming and, and, and things that are caving in and the tormenting thoughts that you might be having about stepping out in some fears that God is really asking you to face, his love is so strong that it can give you a peace that surpasses anything that just makes sense to your mind, where it makes more sense to the world to be afraid. His love is more strong, is stronger than that fear to keep you sustained, to keep you at peace. His love is strong enough to even get us through times when what we've been afraid of happening is actually happening. You know, I think about how fear, you know, no matter what season of life you're in, we've talked about no matter what season, no matter what job, no matter what age you are, there's new things that God wants to do and bring forward in our life. And in that, the bobbers and the baits are not gonna go away. The fear is not gonna just magically disappear. (laughs) There's gonna be times where you're gonna have to face your fear and discover what's on the other side. And you know, for me, you know, the, the story and the testimony of overcoming fears, it's something that's on a daily basis. Every single one of us have fears. We're, we're tempted to grab on to the bait. There's something that might happen. There's something we might experience. There's something that you heard that is going on. There's something that you're facing that can bring up fear. And you know, the power of this scripture in 1 John 4, 18, that perfect love cast out all fear. It's truly made its home in my heart. And there's a difference of just reading scripture and there's another one where allowing scripture to really be worked, the word of God to really work in your life. Like these are not just man's opinions, like God's opinions. It's alive, it's working and allowing it to work. So you know when when fear is trying to entangle me, when it's trying to keep me from stepping out of the boat, when it's trying to rob my time, when I feel like I've been a little bit too much of a victim of fear, my mind's been too caught up in the what ifs, you know what I think? I don't pray, God help me get over these fears. I don't pray that prayer. You know what I pray? I pray, God, If I am so entangled in this fear, there must be another layer of your love that I don't know because your love casts out all fear. So God, help me to know how much you love me and my family and my future and the plans and the purposes that you have for me. When I dwell on God's love, it drives out fear. It drives out fear. So I'm telling you, church, where does God need to love you more? Where do you need to let God take root in your life? Because there's layers of fear for sure, but there's way more layers of his love. And his love is empowering and it is real. It is so real. It is beyond what this world and people can offer. Like I said, it is mobilizing. So I have a question for every person in here today. Do you have more faith in the power of God's love? Or do you have more faith in the power of your fear? Like I said, our fears are strong. And if you're here today and if you don't know how powerful God's love is, then you might have more faith in your fear than you actually have more faith in God's love. Because we can be gripped by fear. But I'm telling you, The grip of God's love is so much stronger. So we can be gripped by fear or gripped by God's love, but we get to choose what we're gonna be gripped by.
So good. Wow. This last point here is that God gives us a sound mind. How do we put fear out of business? By receiving power from God, love from God, and a sound mind. David was able to say in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. When David was writing that psalm, he was being chased by Saul. He was writing that psalm during a very tormenting, fear-inflicting season in his life. He had every reason to be afraid, every reason to be anxious, every reason to be stressed, worried, concerned about his future. God had given him a promise that he'd be a king one day. It was far from happening. And yet David was at peace on the inside because it really is, it's a battle between the ears. If you can win the battle in the mind, that's where fear is won. Fear isn't won out here, it's won in here. If you can win it in here, you'll win it out there. But you've gotta first receive the mind of Christ. You say, Paul, how do I receive that? It's meditating on God's word. Fear and faith both require the same amount of energy. They both ask the same question. They ask you to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. Fear says, I'm gonna lose my job. Fear says, I'll never get married. Fear says, we won't have kids. Fear says, our kids are just gonna turn out like every other teenager and, and young adult out there and all the bad statistics, our marriages, all these things. Fear asks us to believe the worst about our future. Fear asks us to believe things won't work out. I won't get the job. I won't get the promotion. They're gonna forget about me. Fear asks us to do all that negative stuff. But faith asks the same question. I will get my job. I will get that promotion. God is working things out. God's gonna give me the right job. God's gonna lead me to the right person. God's gonna bless my marriage. God's gonna bless my family. The things that I commit to the Lord, when you commit your plans to the Lord, he causes those desires in your heart to be granted because your desires become his desires. I'm telling you, when we choose to latch on to faith, our mind gets renewed. Isaiah 26 verse three says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts, look at that, thoughts. What are you thinking about? All whose thoughts are fixed on you. You might say, man, Paul and Ashley, this is a really good sermon, but where, where, where's, the, where's the practical? Where's the how-to? We just gave it to you. You want peace? It's not just imagining a winding river. Peace like a river will come into your soul when you fix your thoughts on the one who is peace, the prince of peace. You say, how do I fix my thoughts? You have to take captive. Can I get that lasso down? I got one more illustration. You knew I was gonna throw in one more illustration. Second Corinthians 10 says, you've gotta take captive every thought that's not of God. We're taking captive. You've gotta switch from becoming the hunted to becoming the hunter. You're no longer the little fish trying to watch out for the hook that's trying to catch you. Now you're becoming the guy that's getting the lasso out. You're finding every thought that's not of God. I gotta get my lasso out here. Don't hurt me. Any volunteers out there to be like, I'll take one for the team. Come on, lasso. We believe in you. I got it. <laughs> when a thought is running away, a thought of fear, a thought of work, you gotta 
take it captive and pull it back to that place where you say, no, no, I'm fixing my thoughts on God. That thought tries to run away, but what if things don't work out? What if I don't have enough money? What if it doesn't plan? What if the plans don't go? Pull it back, take it captive. Come on, get those thoughts back into church, back on the word of God, back in worship. You got some runaway thoughts that you need to take captive. I'm gonna let her loose. But what we need to do is we've gotta take that aggressive, offensive approach. Instead of always being on the defense with fear, we've gotta start going after fear. And I wanna end with this last story. Ash and I took our kids to see Jungle Book this last year, and there was this moment in Jungle Book, you might say, what does this have to do with the word? I'm telling you, God was speaking during Jungle Book. It's kind of intense for a two and three year old, but God is speaking nevertheless. Well, the whole movie, Mowgli, this little boy is living in the jungle, and he's not supposed to be in the jungle because the jungle is only for the animals, and this little boy is running through there, and, and this tiger, Shere Khan, he's trying to just scare everyone in the jungle, especially Mowgli. He's trying to scare him and say, you know, I took out your parents and I'm gonna take you out too. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking about what the devil tries to do to believers. I took out your parents, I'm gonna take you out too. I took out that marriage and I'm gonna take yours out too. I took out their children and I'm gonna take yours out too. And the whole time Mowgli is running, he's afraid of Shere Khan. The whole movie is about a stirring of courage. Because you get to the final scene of the movie and there's this moment where Mowgli is running from Shere Khan and there's fire all around and all of a sudden something stops on the inside of him. It's like he remembers who he is. And there's power and courage when you remember whose you are. Because when you remember whose you are, you'll know who you are. And Mowgli turns around, he looks at Shere Khan and he says, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not running from you anymore. I'm not running from you anymore, Shere Khan. And when he says that, the tiger kind of, all of a sudden is like, oh my goodness, he's about to face me. And in that moment, this little boy has the wisdom and the strategy to take out the tiger. It's a powerful last scene. But I thought about how when we stop running from our fears and we turn around and we say, Satan, I'm not running from you anymore. Fear, I'm not running from you anymore. I'm not afraid. I'm gonna face these fears with the boldness that comes from the sound mind, from the love and the power of God. Would you stand your feet all over this room? You're about to serve an eviction notice to fear in your mind. Fear's been renting space in your thoughts. It's been renting space in your marriage. It's been renting space in your heart. And it's time to serve an eviction notice to say, I'm done with you, fear. I'm putting you out of business. I'm not letting you make any more money off me, any more time from me, any more thought space from me. All over this room, if you would, just stay still right where you're at. This is the powerful moan of the service. God wants to do something in your heart today. He wants to speak to you. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe there's been things that have been just plaguing you with fear. Today, God is speaking to you. Fear has been trying to corrode your confidence in God's goodness. God is still with you. He's still on the throne. He's for you. Maybe you've been seeing things on the news about North Korea and missiles and dictators and wildfires and storms and all these things are just stirring up anxiety and it's time today to say, I know that there's things going on in the world. I'm not hiding my face from that, but I'm also not going to live with a constant panic and worry and fear. I'm choosing to trust in God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if worry or fear has just been trying to mess with your heart or stress or anxiety, I want you to just lift your hand up today. Today is your day 
to walk in freedom from the fear of man, from the fear of this world, the fear of terrorism, the fear of parenting, the fear in marriage, the fear as a single, fear of lack, whatever it is, just lift your hand up today. You're just serving notice on the devil. You're saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm done with you, Satan. I'm not running anymore. I'm not afraid. I'm choosing to face those fears. Hands going up from the left to the right. Men and women all over this room, teenagers, moms, dads, husbands, wives, grandparents, whatever it is, Today is your day to say, I'm serving a notice on this fear. I'm done with you, fear. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Paul, things aren't right between me and God. I need to get things right. If Jesus was to return today, I don't know if my name's really written in that book of life. I want that perfect love that casts out fear. So on judgment day, I can stand before God knowing I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm ready to fully surrender to Christ. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Today is your day. Salvation is knocking on the door of your heart. Don't leave today without repenting and accepting Jesus as Lord of your life. Just slip your hand up in the air. If you're watching online, just slip your hand up right where you're sitting and watching this. If you raised your hands for either of those, I want you to take a step of faith. Start walking towards those fears that have been trying to shout at you. Come down to this altar today and as a declaration to say, I'm done with you, fear. In Jesus' name, I'm moving forward in faith. Let's sing this worship song together. Just come down to this altar. There's room for you. Come on, let's worship God all over this place. I'm no longer a slave to fear.
I missed my opportunity. But I'm telling you, it's never too late to say yes to the call of God on your life. And where you feel like the fear of missing it, of like, what am I gonna do with all that pastime, with that job, with that schooling, with God is gonna use that. God is gonna use that if you surrender to what God is speaking to you now. I feel like there's people that have been so afraid of saying yes to the new things because of fear of man. You've been still wanting to blend in and God is saying the call of God is gonna stand you out and God is gonna equip you as you say yes. You've been waiting for the word. You've been waiting to feel equipped, but the equipment is the courage to step up and face your fears and say yes to the call of God. And as you do that, you're gonna find that you're equipped. You're not only called, but you are equipped to, to step out and to stand against the enemy and to confront the voices that you might have to confront. And so if that's you today, as we continue to worship during, to this song, I pray that you would have the boldness to come forward. And as you come forward, that you're saying yes to whatever God has for in front of you, even if it's unknown and you don't even know, but you're surrendering to the possibility that God might be speaking, speaking something different and something new in your hearts. I invite you to come and be a part of what God wants to initiate in your life. questioning my own faith, trying to figure out if faith works. And uh, those prayers I had been praying, now second guessing all my prayer life and all those things and I had to come back to that my faith and my, my declaration over fear was not on a foundation that everything was going to go perfect in this life. And it wasn't on a foundation that every desire would be granted because those are, those are cardboard boxes, those are collapsible. It wasn't on a foundation that every single prayer I pray would be answered according to my will. Because that's another collapsible box. I had to come back to that my faith and my, my declaration over fear was on the firm foundation that God's love never fails me. 
So come tragedy, come trials, come test, come loss, come difficulty. It's like the, the, the declaration people say in marriage, for richer or poor in sickness and in health, my commitment, my foundation is in the perfect love of the Father. Hebrews says it's appointed unto man that every person will die. You can't escape death and you don't have to fear death when you know where your eternity is going to be. So your firm foundation is that through this life, no matter what, what can mere mortals do to me? My fear is not in me. My, I'm gonna walk in the fear of the Lord. I'm gonna trust that God is with me. God is for me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Some of us in this room, we've walked through fears and things that have happened that have rocked your faith. And this church wouldn't be here today if we didn't have a sure foundation that no matter what comes, our faith is not in this world. It's not in anything of this world. It is in God our Father, and it's in His perfect love. And I remember times just coming in this room, just worshiping God, singing the song we just sang, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. That trust was helping me to rebuild my faith. Now. I can lay hands on the sick. And I used to not be able to do this. When my father passed, I went through a season where I was afraid to pray for anyone to be healed. Cause I thought, I don't know if it works. But now when I pray for people to be healed, I pray with boldness. I pray with confidence. I pray that prayer that by God, by his stripes, we are healed. And you know what? I've seen people get healed. I've seen people get healed of lymphoma cancer. <laughs> I've seen people get healed of blindness. People who couldn't walk get up. I had to get over my disappointments. You can't put your faith in your personal experiences. You have to continue to put your faith in God's Word. So when I hear things on the news, I'm not deterred or discouraged. When I see things or personally experience things, again, I come back to, no, God's love never fails me. And His presence is always with me. And my eternal home is heaven, which means my best days are definitely in front of me. And when you put your faith in that, you don't have to be afraid of loss. You don't have to be afraid of fear. You don't have to be afraid of losing your job. You don't have to be afraid of money. Any of those things, they stop having a control over your life. And you start living in a greater trust in God as your Father, as your strength, as your Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.